Welcome to the Autonomy Talent Podcast, where we feature creatives, discuss what they do, what they do to promote their creative endeavors, and try to come up with new methods that might boost their results and yours. We'll also have the occasional industry expert here to talk about what's new in digital marketing. So enjoy the show and remember to always live intentionally. So everybody, welcome to another episode of the Autonomy Talent Podcast. I have Lucy Rowe. Uh, is it Rowe? Is that how you pronounce it? It is Rowe. It's Rowe. Uh, it's W-R-O-E. So I, I was hoping I was right. <laughs> <laughs> so hello, Lucy. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Uh, doing well, doing well. Nice and warm, sunny day here. You you said it's rainy and kind of kind of miserable over there in, in the UK yeah, today. It is. It always is. Now, you're around London, the London area? Yeah, 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 yeah. Quite yeah. close to central. Good, good. Um, I had a a podcast guest called uh, Weimar on. Um, uh, just their front man, the band Weimar. They're from. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the little, of the area. No, not little. It's their their name came from the Weimar province, but mm. in Germany. But I was getting confused there. Um, they're from. Uh, crap. Oh. One of the like, there's like two. If if you talk about music in in England, there's like London, and then there's what other city would you come up with? Bristol. Um, no. Manchester. Manchester. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> it took me a minute. <laughs> I guess my 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 British geography is not that great, apparently, <laughs> or at least my memory of it. <laughs> Neither is mine, and that's that's not good. I know like what's right around me. It's funny though. I've like I lived in a, a large metro area. There's Dallas and Fort Worth are like the two cities that've kind of grown together over the years and I lived over on the North Dallas side for a, almost 20 years and I moved over here to the Fort Worth side over on the West side um about 2 years ago and I still don't know my way around over here. I know all that over there, but I'm I get lost getting two blocks from my apartment. <laughs> well, it's pretty big, isn't it? Oh, it's massive, yeah. The whole area is. And I think last I heard it was something like seven and a half million people in the whole metro oh, area. Oh my god. But well, we're sprawled out. We're not like New York, mm. where it's all straight up. Mm. It takes like to go from here over to where I lived before is on a. If there's no traffic, I can get there in just a little over an hour. <laughs> but if it's traffic, it could be two hours or more. God, I'd love to go though. I've been, I've only been to America when I was younger. My grandparents lived there, and, and they live in Las Vegas, so oh, wow. I've been there three times when I was younger. But only, you know, there's not a lot of memories because I was quite young. But mm-hmm. I'd love to go, like the whole place, really, the whole country. That's probably one of the hottest parts of the country too. There, yeah, in Vegas. yeah, right there on the, right there in the desert. <laughs> it's great though. It's crazy that that big, big thing sprung up in the middle of nothingness out there. <laughs> I guess, I guess it started there because land was cheap. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure it was really cheap early on. 
that's not the case now. No, not at all. Not over here either. Well, I came across your your Twitter, as you know, um, my friend and uh, former guest here, um, Hipster Pug. Yeah. He 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 mentioned you to me, and I was like, oh wow! And I went and checked you out, and I just I really loved your voice, and I just wanted to get a chance to talk <laughs> to you. Thank you. And, and I wanted to hear a little bit about your story and how you, um, what got you interested in doing music in the first place, and mm. all that sort of thing. So, kind of, how did you get started? You know, how, what really led you down this path? Um, I, I always say family. My family's very musical. My granddad, I'm really close with, and he was always into a lot of music he's a guitar player and a singer and I think everyone in my family even though they're not musicians now we all started out playing together and singing everything together so um that's always a way a lot of people start I think is having somebody to show them the way and he taught me guitar when I was about 10 I think bought me my first guitar when I was 12 and yeah that's that's the beginnings I think sounds like my daughter she got her first drum kit when she was nine <laughs> wow. drum kit is something i wish i got to be honest because drums are one of the things i've always wanted to play but it doesn't seem to happen as naturally as everything else no no it, it is it's more of an investment up front when you don't know if they're even going to be into it or not and yeah. <laughs> for very long um it's not like you can go buy you know a cheap guitar at like the little first act guitar at walmart just to see if they, they like it first you know? <laughs> although i did find a good deal on the used kit but still it mm. sucked a big thing that takes up a whole dang room, you know. And loud. Yes, very. <laughs> There's ways to mitigate that. And, like, I have an electronic kit now, but she she's kind of a purist. She doesn't care that much for it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I blame her. <laughs> it's like going from a guitar to a synthesizer. It's like, uh, yeah, it's just not the same. <laughs> yeah, it's true, actually. I, le- I played an electric once. Um, in my mid-teens, I I got into it and I played a lot of lead guitar and everything, but it never really stuck and I haven't played it for years now, so it's the same thing. I like my acoustic best. I I don't hardly ever pick up my acoustic. I did a little bit just yesterday, actually, because I was just working on some exercises, some finger mm-hmm. exercises, but I usually, I, I'm, I'm a guitar player in a rock local rock band here, yeah. um, but um, I, it's all like 99% electric is all I play and usually in alternate drop tunings and such too so nice, nice. and we play like almost everything in drop C in the band and but then oh, I, wow. I, I, I've got a, some solo stuff I'm working on too and it's in mm. various different tunings so I'm loving tunings at the moment it's something that I just got into in lockdown because obviously I came out with this EP and then after that I was just sort of playing around um and I've done all the promo and I sort of held back a bit and then um, I was playing around with tunings and the, all my new stuff that I've got um, in progress at the moment is all in interesting tunings because it just really changes everything. It's like a whole different vibe. It really does. The only drawback is playing live. You yeah. either have to like like kill time somehow to <laughs> retune in between songs, which is not conducive to a live atmosphere, or you have yeah. to have multiple guitars so you can switch them out really quickly. So. I know. I have been thinking about that, but that's something I haven't faced yet because obviously we haven't been really playing live There's music that. at all. So tell me more about this EP you just released. Yeah, it's called Thoughts on a Dream. And I I took the lockdown opportunity over here just to really focus on everything because it was great in a way. Like Obviously, it was a horrible situation. But for me, it was really great to have all my time just to put on this whole thing. I put all my attention to it all the time. And um, uh, it was sort of it started off as playing around with genres and wanting to write lots of different things in different vibes completely and try like a disco one which we did make and a an indie rock one and then some folky stuff but um all of that became 
a bit of a, an aside project and took the back burner and then I started to actually write something that was coming together as an EP and it's kind of exploring a lot of thoughts that I have in dreams I, th- I feel like the the first song especially of the night um, really focuses on preferring to live within dreams in a way because I, I dream a lot and some of them are really crazy um, but I mean I won't go into that but um, oh, yeah I just wanted by to by all means go into that but we'll get to it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so a lot of them are they're quite different in a way um, but they I think I tied it up from beginning to end with the, the first track and the last track in a way that made it feel like a dream in itself because I was really interested in the whole concept very interesting I've only listened to a couple of tracks, um, mm. to be honest, but I I need to get back and listen to more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was oh yeah, you were talking about the the dreams, the unusual dreams. Expand upon that for me. What do you what do you talk about? Please do go into that by all means. <laughs> Those I'm actually interested. Subjects. It um, can be. <laughs> I don't know. And I, I realize you might not, there might be things you not want, don't want to share. I get that, but <laughs> as much as you can. <laughs> well. Some of them, they're hard to explain as well. Like, I don't really know what oh, no. they mean. A lot of the time I wake up and I'm very confused. Um, I, I guess my most recent one, actually, I was in some kind of like prison asylum type place. And there were a lot of scary people trying. We were trying to get away from them. We were running and there's this whole chase. And it, I think the sea was right outside. That we, that it was on the ocean somehow and my family was there and we were, I don't know I didn't feel scared that it wasn't like a nightmare it was like an action movie <laughs> they're always quite theatrical it's strange how dreams can just do such weird stuff I mean like you, you the entire setting around you will just suddenly change you're at a different location but all the same stuff is still happening it's like wait mm. what <laughs> <laughs> I love it dreams are a, are a bizarre topic that you could dig into for for a lifetime and still not ever understand it's true but it's good songwriting materials so. absolutely my uh my mother had a dream when she was in like they called it junior high back then we call it middle school nowadays probably mm-hmm. about seventh grade ish somewhere in that neighborhood she had this dream and she got up and she wrote it down she had a like a, a, a story she had to write a like a short story or a poem or something like that for for a class and she wrote it based on this dream she had had and years later, some organization she was with, um, she, well, they had an opportunity to write and submit, and she wound up submitting a short story version of it to Reader's Digest, and it got picked up and was actually published in Reader's Digest. Oh, wow. And she actually wound up turning it into a book years later. There was supposed to be three parts of it, but sadly, she uh, – her de- dementia, like it l- was lost with dementia. So oh, the, only the first first chapter of the three got published. So it was self-published work and it's out there now, but it's, it, you know, it's, there's, it's an incomplete story really. So it's kind of hard to even do much with it at this point. Wow. But it's out there and it all came from a dream she had when she was in like seventh grade and she just, it was just published like maybe 10 years ago. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, dreams are a crazy thing. So how many tracks are on this EP? Uh, there are five tracks, uh, and there is kind of a, a concept to it. It kind of moves through different zones and then comes back to where it began. Um, they're all quite different. Uh, the first one, we have more of like a poppy feel, which is the one I put out as sort of the single, and then it calms down a bit. It gets a bit jazzy. And then the third one, Ode to an Empress, is about Joni Mitchell because she's one of my favourite ever artists and inspirations. Um, and that's sort of like a really free, it's supposed to be 
an ode to her style as well so it's kind of free and folky on the piano um Kumari is my favorite it's the shortest one that's the fourth track and it's the name of my grandparents house which is like my favorite place in the world and I it was like really really short little poetic kind of thing I don't I don't really know what it was supposed to turn into but it it just it stayed very short and sweet and I really love it for that and um it finishes with the cycle which is kind of like a about my grandparents as well so they seem to be quite a prominent theme to be honest I think the whole EP could be about my feelings about them and this is the same grandfather who was a musician that kind of got you started. Yes, that's the one. Are this the one that lived in Vegas? No, that's the other side of my family. The other side. <laughs> yeah. Where are they from? Are they there near you or, or were? Well, my dad is, his parents are in Vegas and they, they weren't actually born in America. I don't really know where they were born. I think my granddad was from Ireland, maybe. And they moved to America, but they moved there quite a long time ago when I was maybe just born. Right. Um, and they've been there ever since. But my dad is still over here. But, I mean, your, your other grandparents, are they are they near you? or? Oh, yeah. They're, well, they're in where I come from, Winchester, the little city about an hour south from London. They they live there. So very close. Right. I used to live about five minutes from them. Very nice. Mm-hmm. I, I was just curious because... Um, You'd have to. I, I was didn't really believe that the other grandfather could have been that much of an influence from across the pond, as they say. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately. especially probably since you hadn't been over there. You said since you were a very small child. So mm. I should have thought that through before I bothered to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! You can tell I'm not the greatest interviewer in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer it though. It feels less structured. It's kind of nice just to have a chat, isn't it? So. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I like these to go. I like them just to be like a kind of a free flowing just conversation between yeah. two music lovers, like I told you. Some yeah. talking about music. So, who are some of your favorite artists, be it big name, major mm-hmm. label artist, or independent, whatever? Joni Mitchell is always the one I name first. I think I I really got into her like two or three years ago, and um. Yeah, I think the way she songwrites, I just connect with everything she she sings about and the way she sings, and I think I've really been influenced by her recently. Um, and then Jeff Buckley, I'm re- at the moment I'm really into Jeff Buckley. That kind of it just really captures me. And Kate Bush, I love a bit of Kate Bush. Um, but all, that's my kind of songwriting side. And then the other side of me is really into 80s pop in every way. Just you know, Madonna and Tears for Fears and all of that kind of great proper 80s bangers. And then um, there's another side of me that is very dormant, but it's still there. That it's really into like indie rock, Arctic Monkeys type music. So I, I got a bit of everything. It just depends on the day, you know. Wide range of influence. <laughs> I remember those '80s pop days all too well. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I was. I was the one back in those days that was like, man, that stuff's garbage, man. Metallica rules. <laughs> <laughs> That was totally me back then. <laughs> well, it's my mum who got me into I didn't that. Have the, I didn't have the broader taste that I have now. And some people still, you know, they think, oh, you're nothing but metalhead. I'm like, that's my go-to, but you know, I listen to all kinds of other stuff. Got layers, yeah. Like, I just found this local kid just yesterday on Twitter. He dropped, he commented on one. I've got a, a separate Twitter account just for local musicians here. Mm-hmm. And he dropped the link uh, or he commented on one of my tweets 
and I went to check out his stuff. I was like, holy crap, this kid, he sings like a it's kind of an R&B soul type thing. That he's got an amazing voice. And then you realize he's actually he's, – there's actually a guitar track layered in here, which is kind of not the norm for that, his style. You don't hear yeah. a lot of guitar, actual guitar in – r&b music like that and uh it just but it works so well and then i realized it was actually him playing it too and on the recordings i was like wow this is really really pretty cool i'm highly impressed with this young man mm. i can't think of his name off the top of my head or i'd shout him out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd be interested to listen to this i'm trying to listen to more indie artists i recently put a thing on my instagram story that just have one of those like um, let me know your favorite indie artists because I realize I don't listen to them and I'm an indie artist and I want people to support me so I feel like I, I just had to start supporting other people because I just never even explored it so now I'm really trying to get into listening to undiscovered people to be honest. So are you uh, finding Twitter a good place for that? Yeah Twitter was always my my hardest thing to use I never really understood it it was so different from everything else that is out there, I think, on social media. So I've recently started to try and get that going. Um, and actually, that's where I've had some some of the most attention, to be honest. So, yeah, Twitter's pretty good with that. It, it really is. And, like, I've had a love-hate relation with Twitter since, like, probably around 08 when I first started using it. And mm. now, now I have, you know, several different accounts that I, I manage on there, including my personal one. But um, I found that for some things it's just – fire and for other things you use a complete waste of time it just mm. depends on what you're doing so yeah yeah sure, sure but for musicians it seems like there's a really highly active indie music community mm. on there that's very supportive of each other so I, I found that to be a big benefit to twitter yeah i didn't expect it actually that kind of thing and then like you said about hipster park i didn't really know who any of these people were but they were all following each other and then every day i'd go on there and somebody would have posted drop your link or share your music with me and everyone was just like asking for it all the time it was really great yeah it is really great i see those all the time and i'll, I'll reshare a lot of or retweet a lot of those mm. just to help out just if one or two other people can get a few listens from it and it's it's worth clicking the retweet button mm. you know as the least yeah, i can yeah. do And then, of course, this whole thing was born out of wanting to help other indie artists. Yeah. And this whole podcast was. So that's the, I mean, you go back. I've had all musicians except for, I had the promoter on recently, which I haven't published that episode yet. And about my third or fourth episode was actually a comedian. But everyone else has been, oh, and my brother, of course, he's a podcaster mm -hmm. also. But everyone else has been a musician or part of a band or a singer mm -hmm. or something. I've had pop stars, uh, pop singers and and rock bands and indie rock bands and I had even had one band that's uh it's called um, Stone Age Man that they're one of the most if you look up eclectic in the dictionary their picture should be beside it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they have up to like eight members but they kind of revolve so like these five will work on this track then like these four over here will work on this track then they'll have six of them on this track and it's just mm -hmm. it's mix and match they have they mix in burlesque stuff and all just <laughs> everything under the sun it's it's I, you could not get a more eclectic bunch of people and of course the music they produce mimics that so it's, it's yeah. really cool to listen to it's just really interesting artists i've, I've found on here and it's I, I just can't thank everybody enough for putting it out there so we can all enjoy it yeah of course and there's so much out there that isn't heard and then you just discover it it's just like by chance you, you find something like it's a real gem and that's what's great about it, I think. It really is. I totally agree. 
I've been really enjoying this this uh, adventure just because of that, just because mm. I've found so many cool people to listen to. It's like that I would have never known before if I didn't, you yeah. know, go on this little journey. <laughs> so, uh, is this your only? Is this your first EP you've actually put out publicly? Yeah, it is actually. I put out a single in January, my first ever public release, um, and then. At the start of lockdown, I put out Romeo Trip, which was like a, an indie rock thing that I was telling you about. We did a disco song as well and decided not to put that out publicly, although it might come out one day. It was a good it was a good, good time. Um, so I've had two singles out and then, yeah, this is my first actual big project. Cool. I was looking at the EP page on Spotify and I just went mm-hmm. to your artist page. So I'm looking at the rest of them here. There's a uh, there is an ocean. Yeah, it's the first one. No, the first one. And then Romeo Trip. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on a dream. Mm-hmm. Very cool, very cool. And what was this latest single of the night? Oh, that's off the EP though, isn't it? Yeah, I did an acoustic version. That's uh, that oh. came out last week. So. Oh yeah, that's the acoustic version. I didn't notice that. That's cool. Yeah, that's quite new. Excellent. I don't think I've heard that one. Yet. I'm gonna have to go check that out when we get done here. Oh, nice. Thank you. And heck, <laughs> if you if you send me an MP3 of it, I like I'll link it up and put it at the end of the episode when I edit it. Oh, amazing. Thanks. Yeah, I will do that. Or another track if you're choosing. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll shoot you my. I'll get send you. Well, you have my email address. I send it to you yeah. so you could find find me on Skype here. Mm-hmm. You just send it there and uh, any promo images you have, um, so I can link it up and do all the social posts and such for the nice. ep- episode. Okay. Do you have any idea when it's gonna be out, or are you just publishing whenever? I have gotten out of the habit of publishing for the past couple of months because I've had some some. Uh, a civil matter I've been contending with. Anyway, that's been a long drawn out process since July. So I've been kind of wrapped up with that, but trying to get back into this. So I'm going to start publishing again, hopefully next week. And I have like four already recorded. So it's going to be um, probably about a month. Okay. That's cool. Just let me know, I suppose. And then I can start posting some things as well. Absolutely. I'll definitely let keep you in the loop on when things are going to happen. I need to go in and schedule it all. So uh, you said you've been spending most of your time here in lockdown get just really digging into your creative side. Um, you have, What do you have coming up next? What's your next move? I, I do have another project in the works, actually, that we've just started recording for, and it's going to be another EP. I'll say that. And I'm going, as I said about the tunings, I'm going a bit um, folky, lots of alternative tunings, acoustic guitar, and it's going to be a lot more pinned on a, a folky genre rather than a bit of flavor from everywhere. Awesome. I love that. I love diversity. I'm like, oh, the stuff I'm starting to try to work on for my, my solo project, it's all going to be completely different. Like, there'll be like one track that'll be pretty much a straight blues track and the next track will be like a really heavy gent type chuggy mm. brr, deep guttural track and just <laughs> all, all over the map so, so. yeah i think that's a good thing it's so good to have diversity because i don't know i think that's just what i like what i listen to and Joni mitchell and jeff buckley and stuff like that it's all quite different and that's what i love about it because it's not some things can get really savey you know you listen to it forever and it, they all sound the same so right. i think it's great and there's a lot of artists like that that I know I've known of over the years that yeah. you know they, every song sounds the, the exactly the same as the last yeah. one or yeah. close enough that you can't really discern a difference. But it's difficult because it's like if you don't have a genre, then you can't really um, promote yourself in a way because all this Spotify and streaming and everything, you kind of have to have that algorithm that where you pin it as 
folk or whatever and then it gets on the folk playlist and that's how you get the plays but if you don't have a genre it's really hard to know how to brand it or tell the right people so that part's not so great but i feel like i'd rather i think yeah i think i'd rather have the um the diversity and then just go through slowly until i finally make it somewhere yeah, that's the tricky part of it. You, promoting is a nightmare because, yeah, you, you're in this genre and this genre and yeah. this genre. But yeah. then when you're, if someone comes and they really like this song, they're like, oh, this is cool. And they go to the next mm-hmm. one. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's that's something yeah. completely different. What the hell? So the same fans don't even cross over a lot of times. So. Yeah. But it's a blessing it, and a curse. Exactly. So, <laughs> but maybe they'll learn to like something new that they didn't expect to. I know I have just doing all this, talking with all the different artists or stuff that mm-hmm. I, I would have never guessed I would have even enjoyed that I've really thoroughly enjoyed. So yeah. you never know. That's what it's all about. It's, I think the, uh, the general consumer, the general public has become more open-minded too, especially since they've been have they had so much time on their hands. They've been seeking out so much different entertainment. A lot of people have really opened their eyes and minds to a lot more things also. So, diverse more diverse tastes might help with that so. yeah that's true because i'm i feel the same i was always quite set in my ways and then i started listening to a lot of stuff and this just this year because of the whole situation and it's been really really exciting to find a lot of new things that i didn't think i'd like but i do really like it's amazing isn't it yeah that's quite fun um <laughs> so you've only been actually producing and publicly putting out music since January. Yeah. Uh, but like really, um, how long were you playing like live shows and whatnot prior to that? Well, I think I really started getting into doing that kind of thing in college. So that was, I don't know, five years ago. Um, yeah. When I was maybe 16 onwards, I started to get a bit more confidence in it because I did some kind of really small performances before that. But when I started to go out and be a bit more independent, I was finding a lot of other people like me and making bands and, you know, how what it's like when you hop about and you're in one band and then the next week you're in another band and you just sort of go around all the little places and do school performances and college performances and it gets bigger and bigger. So I think the last three years, especially, I've been at university and that's been really good for performance and I've got a lot better at doing that. Um, but it's not... I don't know why I didn't release anything until now. I think maybe... I was just still developing as a songwriter, to be honest. I had a lot of a lot of songs that I wrote in the last four or five years, but none of them are quite there. And then this year, it just felt right. I totally get that. Mm. I, I myself, I'm not much of a lyricist, but every once in a while, I'll just have an idea and I'll sit down and in like five to ten minutes, I've got a whole set of lyrics written. It's like, wait, yeah. how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> That's happened like twice ever. <laughs> the best songs happen fast as well. I think sometimes I sit, if I write just the heart, the first half of a song and then two hours has gone by and I'm sitting there staring at it, I'm like, no, this isn't right. This is just not right. And then if I write one and half an hour goes by and I've just it's just there, like you were saying, then that's it's a good one. Yeah, most of mine work out like that. I have a concept in mind. I sit down, I start trying to brainstorm ideas and mm-hmm. do that whole process and it never gets much further than that. But yeah. It's, it's kind of strange. I don't know why or how, but that creative process is, is finicky. Hmm. <laughs> or at least it is for me. I can sit down on the guitar and just come up with riffs all day long, but trying to write lyrics is a nightmare. The singer in my band, Brad, he's a, he can just come up with lyrics on the fly half the time. It's like, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like that. I'm I'm into lyrics. I'm better at lyrics than I am anything else. I think the whole the vocal side of it, the top lining. I'm not as good. I can do sort of chords and little bits, but when it comes to soloing and riffs and things, they don't come to me as naturally. So I'm the opposite. Hey, whatever works, go with your strengths, <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. You can always come up with that little melody to go along with it, and you can mm. figure out a few chords to play along to it. As yeah, long as you've got yeah. that melody there, you're golden. <laughs> That's awesome. I just I love the whole creative process. Like I sat down yesterday just to do some exercises, and then I switched to a different guitar. I was on my acoustic, then I switched to an electric, then I switched to a different electric, and then I, <laughs> I was in different tuning. And <laughs> next thing you know, I'm experimenting with something completely new. I was like, oh, wait a minute, I've got to record this. So I had to pull my phone out real quick and, and <laughs> record so I could catch that riff so I'd be able to recreate it later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my my voice notes on my phone are packed i've got so and i don't even title them so they're all just like new recording 63 new recording 64. i know yeah sort of through them later it's like why did i even bother recording that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, wait that one was straight fire why didn't i do anything with it <laughs> it's true Oh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I have a ball with it. And we we keep saying we're going to record our practice sessions, but we never do. <laughs> We've got a nice DI, you know, digital interface set up and, and a Mac to record into in our mm-hmm. practice room and all that. But we just haven't got it all. Our drummer finally got his kit mic'd not long ago, so we've got that part of it taken care of. But, I mean, he's had it done before, but just, mm-hmm. we just moved practice rooms earlier this year. And uh, well, actually, because last year our practice room got torn up by a tornado. What? <laughs> so we were what? on like a, yeah, we were on hiatus for about five months because of that, and they they just got it opened up the week they started shutting everything down because of COVID. <laughs> so, oh my god! So from like October to March, we weren't even practicing because our we were able to get in there to get our gear out, and then that was it. The place was off limits to the public. So. Wow! <laughs> you could make that up. I mean, that wouldn't happen over here. That's for sure. Tornadoes only, aren't really a big issue over there, are they? No, I've only been in one tornado, but I mean, you wouldn't even call it a tornado. We called it a tornado. When I went to Isle of Wight Festival last year, and just as luck had it, the weekend that the festival was on was a tornado. And it was it was quite bad, actually. I mean, I don't know. There were photographs, and people said that it was actually a tornado. And I believe it, but I think that's the only brush with tornado I've ever had. This one ripped across the north side of Dallas on October 20th last year, and it did over $6 billion in damages. Wow. (laughs) There there were buildings, like there was a 7-Eleven a half a block from my practice studio that was just a bare slab. It completely took the whole building gone. That's crazy. It was an entire Home Home Depot store that was virtually completely, probably about 60% destroyed. Wow. Just massive damage, mass scale damage. Mm. Like it's, it set a record for the dollar amount for of damage in the state of Texas. <laughs> it was that bad. Like, holy hell. <laughs> and there's been a lot of tornadoes in Texas, so it, it had to be something pretty bad to be setting records. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's got to be the downside. It's nice and warm over there, but <laughs> yeah, the tornadoes have not got to be good. That's true. Like I said, it's like October 9th as we're recording this, and it's uh, our high today is supposed to be 85. So, yeah, it's what what is it usually if or not on a normal on a normal year? This time of year, yeah. mid 70s mm-hmm. to 80 ish. So it's just a little above normal, mm-hmm. not a whole lot. Um, 
Like, but tomorrow, I think, or Sunday, I think it's supposed to be a 95 for the high. It's just going to be encroaching up on 100 again. I'm like, wait, what? I thought we were done with that. That damn global warming. I know, but <laughs> th- like two weeks ago, it was like we woke up and it was like, f- f- like one day last week, I woke up and it was like 51 degrees. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> it's always that way. And during the fall, it'll dip and spike and dip and spike. Mm-hmm. Our temperature just fluctuates wildly during this time of year. So. <laughs> Like sometimes in like Halloween, you'll be like wearing shorts and stuff at Halloween time. Next time, you know, all the kids are like bundled up with coats on over their uh, their uh, costumes, where you can't even see the costumes because they have to wear a big ass coat over it with a hood. <laughs> because it's raining. You just never know. Texas weather is one of the most unpredictable things on the planet. And then I've seen it snowing on Thanksgiving. And I've also seen it 80 plus degrees on Thanksgiving. So you just never know. Wow. Unless that's late November. I guess y'all don't really celebrate Thanksgiving, do you? No. no, I forget that's pretty much a U.S. holiday. Hmm. Yeah, well, I don't really celebrate Halloween either, to be fair. We we do, but I don't. I've never never been big on Halloween. That's always been one of my favorites. But my birthday is the day before. So that kind of, I'm a little biased because of that. Growing up, I always had like. My birthday and then Halloween the next day is like giant, like, woohoo! <laughs> Double party. Of course, my birthdays were typically Halloween themed as a result. Mm. Like, my daughter, she's born in December, so guess what the theme typically is for hers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my cousins are December actually, really late. It's like the 29th, so it's oh, all, everything's still Christmassy. My daughter's is 12 12, but we have. Actually, her mother and I both, like, way when she was first born, we agreed to not do Christmas-themed birthdays. We wanted to have let her birthday have its own separate identity. Yeah, not, yeah that's nice. Not lump it in. I was like, yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. She'll be 13 this year. Oh, Lord help us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a teenager in the house. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, thank you. I'm going to need it. <laughs> No, she's a good kid. She's really smart, does well in school, and, and quite a talented drummer and singer. So oh, she's wow. got is that she, going. Is she looking to do music, or is she just doing music as a hobby? Oh, no, that's that's what she wants to do. She wants to be a musician. Nice. Yeah, she uh, was disappointed last year when she transferred schools that they didn't have band, because she'd been in band playing drums for two years in school already, mm. and had been taking private lessons on a full kit for a couple years also so she doubling up on the drums and was really becoming quite quite good drumming and then she transferred to the school that doesn't have band what the hell so she took choir Mm. but then like two months later she qualified seventh chair all region out of like 2000 you know sixth grade (laughs) sopranos she qualified seventh okay so she can sing too who knew (laughs) (laughs) i miss choir i used to be in a choir at school i I used to love that it was so nice i think that really helped with singing actually and harmonies it really gets your ear really really tuned in right and she loves doing it like at school but she's hating it now because she's distance learning so it's all via zoom yeah and she had to like and she feels self-conscious sitting there recording herself on her ipad and then uploading it because she doesn't like doing it that way she wants Mm. to be like in with the ensemble and i kind of get that but it's like Mm -hmm. girl you got to learn how to how to be confident in your own self (laughs) she's working on it 
Yeah, I had that actually at the end of my the year, my uni that just went and we had to give our assignments in and we had performance, but obviously we couldn't do an actual performance. So we had to adapt and send in videos of ourselves performing. And I, I was lucky because I'm, I'm OK with that and uh, I could just sit with my piano. But there are people that are drummers and they didn't have kids and like what, what could they do with that? So it was all a bit of a mess. But I believe it. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be going on too much longer. You just never know. I, mean, I, I really thought, you know, back in March that we'd be done with this stuff by June or July. Yeah. And here we are, October, and it's still going. So mm. it seemed with no end in sight, really. That mm. I don't know, how, how are things there about like closures and such? Are things, restaurants, bars, or pubs, as you refer to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, they, I think they, they've all got restrictions. They've all reopened, but a lot of them are or were. Now it's winter, it's a bit different, but they were all just outside or um, you can only have so many people inside or you have to do like a track and trace thing where you sign in so that you, you've got this app and you have to like, um, you, you can see where other people are who have the virus and stuff. Um, and we have to wear masks on the tube and all the transport and stuff like that. And inside, when I go to uni, I have to wear my mask inside. Um, so it's... It's on and off, really, because everything is getting back to normal. It feels like it's getting back to normal, but I don't think it should be because it's, it's on the rise again here. It's, it keeps going up and down and up and down. It rises, it'll kind of dip off. It'll rise, it'll dip off. And it's, I, you just, it's, kind, it's kind of confusing, and nobody really knows what to think or what to believe or who to believe mm. anymore because mm. there's been so much bad information put out by so many yeah. people. So just you just really don't even know anymore. But yeah, I just kind of have to do the best we can and move mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, exactly. I know here they had um, – they have a distinction. If you make 51% or more of your sales from alcohol, you're considered a bar. Um, so the 51% businesses were completely shut down <laughs> and, haven't, and haven't been able to open since like June. Wow. And oh they just eased that restriction this week. Wow. Is this different um, between, depending on the state as well? Yes, yes, yes. yes. That, that's, oh, that's just even more Texas. confusing. Yeah, wow. it is. Very much so, each state. And then the governor, the state governor, he gave each county the discretion, like, if you want to keep your bars closed, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. you these are the state restrictions. You Anything up to that, you, you can, you know, you're free to work within that, within that range. So, some, like Dallas County just saw a big spike. So they're likely to not open theirs this week, or at least for the next few weeks. But some other places around the area, they're like, okay, yeah, we'll start opening some stuff. So you just what never about, know. Like you, what about you drive your, um, 10 minutes and then you're in a different county, so you've got different rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what about your music venues? How are they How are they doing? There are some that have been opening. There's been some outdoor stuff. Yeah. Um we have we still have some drive-through drive-in theaters around that oh. well, they've been having a resurgence in recent years and those have actually become quite popular for <laughs> music and comedy venues. I know there's a couple of uh, a few big name stand-up comedians who are actually doing a circuit hitting drive-in theaters. That's, that's that's great. I wish we could do stuff like that. We don't really have a lot of that going on. Yeah, well you're you're an island. That's, that makes a big difference. <laughs> Uh, you don't have the mass expanse of land that we have to work with here, I guess. <laughs> True. But they, um, there have been some smaller venues that have been able to open. And they've had found workarounds like uh, by 
if they could offer food, then they would be allowed to open on a limited basis, you no know, one with like up to 50% occupancy or whatever. And so some venues were bringing, having food trucks come park outside. And that was a kind of a workaround they were using. There have been some stuff like that going on, but it's yeah. it's been a challenge. And I know a lot of a lot of venues are just shutting down completely and permanently. They've just gone out of business. Yeah, we've had a lot uh, over here actually shutting down. Um, and there's like a funding campaign that's trying to happen and get venues back on their feet. But who knows? Yeah, same here. There's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of like people trying to donate money to help. Yeah and all that and even some the big name artists have been have jumped on that it, but it's it's going to be hard to be enough to really keep keep things going it's going to take a while to recover from all this once we yeah. are able to really get moved past this which who knows when that'll be <laughs> yeah i mean i guess at this point our best shot is a vaccine so that we can mm-hmm. kind of build up some more immunity to this so, that's probably the only way we're going to get past it. Everybody thought maybe summertime it'd be like the flu and it would die down in the summertime, but that didn't seem to happen. Who knows? Who knows? It's it's kind of a depressing topic, but every single episode almost I've done of this show has, <laughs> has come back to that topic at some point in time because it's such a dominant topic yeah, in the in the in the world these days. Yeah, unfortunately. It, it dictates pretty much everything we do. I mean, just a trip to the grocery store. We have to wear masks in all public spaces. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're outside walking your dog or something like that, you don't have to. But if you go into a public place of business, you're supposed to wear masks. Yeah, same here. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> and do you all have the plexiglass up everywhere, like at all the stores and stuff these days? Yeah. Yeah, we do. not all of them, but most of them have on yeah on the checkouts and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I don't remember the last place I went in that did not have some kind of a shield up uh-huh. like that now. And I'm wondering if that'll be permanent. Like a lot of places will just keep them up yeah. after this. Like especially like around flu season. I mean, heck, if it helps keep you know one percent of people from catching the flu every year, mm-hmm. man, it's worth it to just leave it there. It. So. Yeah. You've already put the expense into putting it there. Well, I have to go to the extra expense of tearing it down. Yeah. Just leave it. Unless you just think it's that much of an eyesore, you don't want it there. And that's, that's your, your call if you're the business owner. I, man. So I, I had something else I wanted to ask you, and I just completely had a brain fart. <laughs> It was about your up- upcoming work and, uh, um, geez. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe it'll come to me. Maybe it won't. Yeah. Well, you've got a lot there. We've, we must have, how long is it been talking? 45 minutes. Oh, wow. 45 minutes. Yeah. And these, you never know. Some of these are around 30 to 40 minutes. I've had a couple that were like two hours. So <laughs> just, just never know. It just depends on how it's flowing. And uh, since I'm slacking, I don't think this one will run two hours. <laughs> my, my, I'm having a hard time getting my brain going today for some reason. Right. You'd think it'd be all right. I've been up for like seven, eight hours already. I had one interview I did um, with a country artist from Austin, not far from here. Or she, no, I think she's in Houston. Anyway, Kristen Kay, an episode that aired a couple months ago 
and literally like I had this call scheduled with her at like I think it was around 10 o'clock 10 a.m or something like that our time mm-hmm. she's in the same time zone as me even so it made it a little easier to schedule but um like my phone started my uh, Skype started ringing on my computer and on my phone I'm like what the hell is that noise? I woke up. I'm like, oh crap! I'm supposed to be on this. <laughs> I was still asleep when she was trying to call me on Skype. And I was like, God, give me like five minutes. So I had to like jump up and gather my thoughts and pour, <laughs> make a cup of coffee in the Keurig real quick and just sit down. And say, All right, let's do this. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I was very alert, but I, I managed to work my way through it. So. <laughs> So you said you have you'll have a recording set up there. Uh, yeah, for the what well, right now. Yeah, you you said you have a recording set up where your your boyfriend records other podcasts and such. Yeah, he's got this a little studio, yeah. an independent one in Soho, um, quite central London, and he usually does audiobooks and podcasts and things. And he's sitting in the other room looking at me right now as I talk about him. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was really handy actually. We just thought we'd come in and use the facility. Nice. Is that where you record your your music? We have done. We did the my first single, There Is an Ocean. We did that here, but um, because of lockdown, we we were at my mum's actually in Winchester in the in the country. So it was like a musician's country retreat, and we were just in my bedroom basically doing all the recording oh, that's there. Nice. Yeah. So that was all that was all just recorded in your bedroom. That's crazy. Yeah. I would have yeah. I would have never guessed that. It sounds like um. Did y'all master it yourselves or? But yeah, did you Tom have some, did. Tom, yeah. Awesome. It sounds really good. I would have, I would have just expected it was just in a studio. Oh, well, that's, that's a good sign because we're, we're planning on doing kind of the same thing for the next EP because we've got even more stuff to use now. So um, it'll probably, hopefully, come out just as good. That is amazing. Um, well, kudos on that on uh, pulling <laughs> it off and getting it mixed properly and all that stuff. On, I mean, it's amazing what you can do with like limited equipment and stuff these days. Yeah. You know, it's Great. mostly the software is the, the biggest, mm. you know, biggest thing you need to have. And plugins. Mm-hmm. Find a plugin to do just about anything you want. But you've still got to capture some sort of a decent quality sound because you can't fix a complete garbage recording. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the first ones we only had my um focus right stuff just a very basic microphone and it wasn't too good one cable and my little two in two out interface and um then we started to build up a few other things but mainly it was all just on like two microphones one microphone through my little interface that's that's just crazy you can pull it off with that minimal (laughs) of amount of equipment these days and you go back to like the the anywhere from like the 50s through the the mm. early 2000s and look at what it took you know until everything went all digital but look at i mean you had to have like giant tape reels like in the 80s that mm-hmm. was like one of the biggest expenses just finding enough tape to be able to record <laughs> and that was a huge expense right there you have to dub over it you know if you didn't like stuff you had to go back and listen to it and figure out how much you could record over yeah. so you could save tape <laughs> i mean in a way it's a good thing that everyone can do it now just like i did in my bedroom but in the other way it means there's so many people doing it that it's so saturated there's so much music out there that it's really hard to get heard but it is it's hard to stand out and it's hard to from a from a uh, someone who's d- trying to discover new music it's, it's really hard to find something that you're going to like because there's just yeah. so much out there that's like okay. really subpar mm. there, i mean i've heard a lot of stuff that's just really it was just 
some of it was just not great. Some of it was exceptionally bad. Like <laughs> it's like, wow, no, no, sorry. Um, and I wouldn't ever discourage them or say anything to them about it. But mm. unless they were trying to ask me, you know, to try to manage them or re- represent them in some way, I was like, I'd have to just politely tell them, sorry, I don't think you're ready or something along those lines. But uh, no, um, but. Yeah, like SoundCloud, for example. I've, mm-hmm. I've I've tried discovering new stuff on SoundCloud, and it's just you have to go through so much to find something that you actually yeah. vibe with. So I mm-hmm. really find Twitter is the best thing because you can hit a bunch of people, you can sample a little bit of stuff here and there, mm-hmm. and find what you like, and then okay, there we go. Then you can dig a little deeper into those that you like. But again, it takes time. You've got to be on there, and be active, and actively seeking out new stuff. So. Yeah. Which I enjoy doing, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and that's brings us full circle to how I found your your music. So. Yeah. <laughs> Confusion. Hipster Pug obviously <laughs> thinks thinks it's pretty good too. Yeah, I didn't actually talk to them. I don't. I don't think I. So, his, his name's actually Tom. He was a guest on the show a while back, and uh, I actually just recorded a guitar part for him for one mm. of his tracks on his upcoming album. He's got, he's working on. So it was supposed to be out later this month, or I think it's gotten pushed. Yeah, I should probably message him actually and say thanks. Yeah, he's a cool cat. His name is Tom, actually, but he's from uh, he's from the Netherlands. He's, much closer to you than to me <laughs> yeah and that's, that's another great thing about it is that you discover people from literally everywhere in the world that you wouldn't have heard before oh yeah i mean like just the people i've had on the show here i've had like the netherlands the uk a couple of times now um mm. um all over the u.s but then south africa <laughs> um, um where's uh singapore wow uh, and I think there was another one from way off somewhere. It's not coming to me off the top of my head. But yeah, it's been I've been discovering people from all over the world, literally, hmm. and had them on the show to talk to them about it. That's great. Yeah, the Winnie Winifred is her name. She goes by Tiny Winnie on drums on hmm. uh, Instagram. Is how I came across her because she's a female drummer and. Uh, I happen to have a female drummer in my household, so I, they mm. have a I have a soft spot for them. And I <laughs> came across this you look, this girl playing on the drums, like holy crap! Like her technique, she's so clean and does, and she mm. can go from just basic rudiment stuff to like really kind of fast paced and just intricate work. And mm. it's just precision is like, oh my god, precise like a machine almost. It's <laughs> crazy. But uh, I was really impressed with her work, and I had to. I was like, had the messengers, hey, you want to be on my podcast? Said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yes, it's, it's, it's been an adventure. You, you said that. Uh, what did you say your boyfriend's name was again? Tom. Tom, <laughs> yeah. Um, Tom again. <laughs> yeah. Like hipster pug. Uh, you said he re- he does some other podcasts and such. Yeah, he's done. I think he mainly does audiobooks at the moment, but they have done a few podcasts. I'm not sure which ones. So he just has the studio and like he at least rents it out to people to come in and do their recordings in. Yeah, well his he has his his boss is Dave Smith, the one whose name was on the um on oh, the, I got the Skype. So it's him and Dave, and then they have got a couple of freelancers who help out. So, oh, so they do the voice, team. they do the voice works and such. 
typically or they have the author come in and do them or what? Yeah, they have readers coming in and they do all the engineering for it and then the editing and the mastering. That's awesome. So what's the name of the studio? Wardorf Studios. How do you spell that? W-A-R-D-O-U-R. Yeah, that's right. I, I knew you sent it to me earlier, but I wanted to put yeah. it out there for, so anybody listening could go look it up. Oh, thanks. If anyone's in the London area looking for some a place to record their stuff on, go check them out. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, it's all about helping everybody out. That's the whole reason yeah. this show exists. <laughs> well, we've been going for almost an hour. I guess we should probably get get going and let you get back the rest of your day. I know it's um, what probably about eight p.m. your time. Uh, it's seven. It's coming up to seven. Oh, it's just coming up on seven. Yeah. I was an hour off. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get home, make a pizza or something. Oh yeah, I forgot. You're not even home. You're at the studio. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. Get on the tube. Well, hi, well, y'all, well, y'all get going and have a good rest of your evening. Oh, well, thanks for having me on. It's been really, really nice. Well, thank you too, Lucy. And like I said, I'll keep you in the loop on when this is going to air. Yeah, and, yeah of course. And if I release anything else, I'll always let you know. And yeah. Of course, and, if and, you, by, and by the way, when you email me, be sure to drop links to your everything, Spotify, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Or if you've got one like a website where you can link it all to or a link tree link or something along those lines. Yeah. Okay. I will do. Excellent. Great. Well, you'll have a good night and I hope the rain subsides so you can drive home. Okay. <laughs> I guess yeah, you'll have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. Take care. We'll okay. talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Autonomy Talent Podcast. Whether you're listening as you're commuting to work or as you're washing the dishes or mowing the yard, we greatly appreciate you listening and helping us to support indie artists everywhere. Be sure to follow us all over social. You can find us at Autonomy Pod, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. And we're also at Autonomy Talent on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, you name it. Or you simply just go to autonomytalent.com slash links. From there, we have links to where you can listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast player, be it the Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Play Music, or even Stitcher. And also, there's the Podbean app. They are our hosting service, and they do have their own app. So if you grab the Podbean app, you can actually catch our show as well as many other podcasts. And lastly, if you go to that links page and you still don't see your favorite podcasting app, the one that you like to use, just drop me a note and I'll be sure it gets added to whatever player you like to use. To send me a message, just go to Autonomy Talent on either Twitter or Instagram and drop me a quick DM letting me know which app you like to use and I will go immediately, or as soon as I can, and add our feed to that app. And while we're on the subject of sending me a message, if you are an artist and you would like to be interviewed for this show or have your works featured on the Indie Artist Spotlight episodes that we release on Wednesdays and the occasional Fridays, Drop me a line, same way, Twitter or Instagram, and let me know that you'd like to be featured. Shoot me a link with some of your work, and I'll take a look at it, and we'll see what we can do by getting you on the show. And that wraps up yet another episode of the Autonomy Talent Podcasts. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you enjoy this half as much as I do, because for me, it's, it's a ball getting to talk to these amazing artists and getting to feature their works on the spotlight episodes that we do. It's just, it's just fun. So I hope you're having fun with it as well, and we're going to keep cranking these things out. So in closing, 
remember to always live intentionally.